Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and tonight we will be reviewing The Parting of Ways, or The Parting of the Ways, which I will ask more about that in just a minute, but this is the 13th episode of Series 1, or the 2005 series of Doctor Who. And who are we? Well, of course, I am Kyle Jones, and I am joined on this podcast by my fellow co-host, and we'll start off by going a little bit outside the city that I'm in into another state, Mr. Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I'm very well, guys, and hope you are the same. Yeah, doing very well. This is actually April the 3rd, and you know something about April the 3rd uh, that you might want to share with us. So what's what significance does today have? Well, a lot of important things happen on April 3rd, even on April 3rd, 1968. But uh, <laughs> the, um, for, um, for sci-fi geeks, it is, uh, it is a day worth mar- remarking on because 50 years ago today, 50 years ago today, Stanley Kubrick's film 2001 A Space Odyssey opened in theaters, in, in theaters that had to be specially rigged to show the, uh, to, to project the, uh, super widescreen format of the film. And, um, well, sci-fi fantasy hasn't really been the same since it, 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 every, every franchise sooner or later has to tap on, draw from, or refer to 2001. So love that film, hate it, you know, however you feel about it. It's, um, it's remarkable. So, you know, I just thought we'd do a little hats off to 2001 today. That's all. Cobain. Yeah. Cobain. Awesome. So the other person that is our, constant companion on this show, Mr. Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Counting down the days to Tupelo TitanCon, which yes. by looking by looking at their website, there's three days, fourteen hours, twenty one minutes, twelve seconds at right at this moment. So <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, excited about that this weekend. Uh should be pretty fun there in Tupelo, Mississippi. And if you uh can come, come join us. Absolutely. And, you know, th- that was really cool that, uh, you know, we're listed as a guest on their website. And, th- you know, Lee, you're going to be with us in spirit, if not in body, because your picture's on there, too. And that was like, <laughs> exactly. cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's called overpromising. So <laughs> there you go. Um, but speaking of Tupelo, just two weeks after uh, this Saturday, Clarence and I will return to Tupelo for another event called TupeloCon. And then just a couple of weeks, two more weeks after that, Lee will be joining us in Atlanta uh, for Hulanta on May 4th through the 6th. Yeah. I'm excited. Yep. We'll be there like a three-headed monster and um, <laughs> and with Nicole, too. And with Nicole, oh, yeah. too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, I was actually, uh, conversing or chatting. I don't guess it's actually conversing, but, um, I was having a conversation with Kelly Yates, who many of the Doctor Who fans will know has drawn some Titan, like pop figures or action figures, maybe not action figures, but of each of the doctors. He's a cover artist. He drew the um, artwork for, the Hulanta special edition Doctor Who comic last year, as well as from episode number 99, he drew the cover of Alan Seiler's book, Children of Time. So uh, really looking forward to getting to talk with Kelly some more. So that will also 
be at, or he will also be at Hulanta. So yes, very, very excited. So anything else going on for you guys before we get into the actual review? Um, the first actual audio recording for the new season of Relativity has, has actually happened. Wow. Sweet. It's, uh, it's, it's just a little piece of episode 21, but it has actually happened. So the ball is rolling. So, um, pretty soon we'll actually be able to, I don't know. I hate to say pretty soon. It's been nearly a year, but, um, yeah. It, so that's, that's what's going on with me. <laughs> so, so what about you, Clarence? Anything else that you are working on that you would like to go ahead and mention while we're at it? Uh, nothing specifically. I'll just say go to my blog, IamClarence.com, and you can see everything I do from there. So, now, yeah. <laughs> I, I know you'd set yourself a challenge that you were going to start uh, putting content <laughs> on it. So I, I haven't looked. That, that sounds like you, you've, you've done it. You're, yeah. I've, 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 I've put a few posts. Um, okay. Yeah, so I'm working that way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, there's there's a, a f- interesting thing that I have found. And while I love, 1 million percent love all the things that we do, and I think Clarence is probably seeing this when he's thinking of his blog, is I wish that we could be Time Lords because time is fleeting at many points. So, um, yeah, I, I wish we had more time. I wish we had 48 hour days. That would make, um, balancing and doing things a heck of a lot easier. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Or so, just uh, time travel. Or yeah. time travel. <laughs> we, we would need to have impossibly long lifespans. Yeah, just just time travel. Just time travel. And and multiple incarnations would make it even better. Well, yeah, there's that. And well, it's all fine and dandy until you're thrown in a tortoise, tortoise with no way to come back. So, yes, you know, yes. But you yeah. don't give up. You just don't give <laughs> don't up. Don't give what, up. No, yeah. no. You just don't let things happen. That's the, that, that's the thing. You don't get... Um, you just don't give up. You just kind of maybe make a stand and say no. You know, just, just, oh man, just got to do that. So let's just, why don't we get into the review before I get any more corny than I just <laughs> I think was. we just did. Yeah. 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 So let's, uh, assume that anyone listening at this point has seen this episode, the 13th episode of the 2005 series. It's called The Parting of the Ways. If you have not, however, put us on pause, go watch the episode and however in whatever form you would like to watch, and then come back because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 So the spoiler warning has been given and we are back ready to review. This episode originally aired in June of 2005 and it received an overall rating of 6.91 million in the UK. This was up 0.10 or from 6.81 to 6.91. So there was a Bump over Bad Wolf, which was part one of this two-part story. So just from a 10,000-foot view, and Clarence, I'll let you take this one first. 10,000-foot view, what did you think of this story? Okay, I'm going to use one of Cal Jones' phrase, phrase here, and I'm oh, going to cool. say, um, yeah, I hate to sound like a broken record, but <laughs> as Cal would say, but... <laughs> Man, I did not remember this episode. And 
to my treat, boy. <laughs> it, is, it is so. This is probably my favorite Doctor Who episode. <laughs> really? I might, I might be saying that a lot as we go through these old episodes. Sure. Yeah. But man, it is so good. It is so good. And Billy Piper's performance is just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. So much good to, to be had out of this episode. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Shackelford, what say ye? Yeah, I had the same experience. I, I've actually watched it. Uh, um, <clears throat> should I blush to say this three times in the last two weeks? Um, <laughs> because wow. I love, because I love it that much. I just keep watching it over and over again. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, I, I absolutely agree about uh, Billy Piper in this and Camille Corduri. Yes. Um, uh, holy smoke. Um, and, and you know, and until I watched it again, you know, the <laughs> three times ago, I had somehow forgotten that she and Mickey are the ones who really saved the day a- yeah. and that Mickey does it despite the fact that she has looked him in the eye and said, there's nothing for me here. I just, yeah. what a, what a gut punch. Some of the things in the script are. So I, I know we'll talk about it all in, in detail, but, um, but what a, what a treat, what a joy this, uh, this episode is. Okay, so here is my um, 10,000 degree uh, overview. <laughs> this <laughs> is the first episode of anything Doctor Who that is sketched, uh, embroidered, burned, chiseled, whatever you want to call it, whatever tool you want to use <laughs> in my memory. Because yeah. I cannot tell you how much I have seen... Not necessarily this episode, which I can't tell you how many times I've seen it because I've lost count. But the other thing is I cannot tell you how many times I have seen literally the last five minutes. So much so that I can sit here and play it in my head and recite it to you. I'm not going to do that. But um, <laughs> I, trust me when I say I can do that. So um I don't know. There was just something about this episode that just was like maybe where the obsession began a little bit. I'm not sure, but yeah, it, it's just an absolutely fantastic episode. Well, why not? Why I mean, not? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, if there's a place where you're going to drop anchor into the show, I think this is it. <laughs> yeah. 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 This, this is definitely going to be one of those episodes that, I mean, Lee, you said you've seen it three times recently in Cal, um, infinite amount of times. Um, but, but this is definitely going to be one that I want to see every year. And I'm just going ahead and say, going to say, it, I'm going to see this episode every year because man, I just had forgotten so much. Again, this is only my second time seeing it, but <laughs> I have forgotten so much of what happened in this episode. And I think. This is maybe one of the most emotional episodes I've had, you know, and that's, you know, after Father's Day. But this one is, is like really emotional and, and Rose just sells it. She sells it. And man, I, you know, I'm not the one to really cry in episodes, but this one was very emotional. I, I could, I could feel the man tears coming a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's just, just wonderful. So, so, so I'll, I'll have to say something whenever we get to the regeneration, but, uh, Lee, I think you were about to say something. (laughs) Oh, just, well, talk about, um, parting ways. I, I, I'm glad that I still remember the big lump in my throat back in 2006 because Captain Jack died. And I wondered if there was going to be, if he was going to be a continuing 
character through the rest of the series. And then, you know, he's killed by the Daleks. And I said, oh, that's too bad because I, I really liked him. I thought that was an interesting character. And then, of yeah. course, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but, but even at that point, we did not know what was coming. I mean, oh, you know, we oh, think that, he's back, that. but we don't know sense. what that really meant. Oh, no. Yeah. You thought, is he just going to die again? No. <laughs> I want to take us back real quick to the beginning of the episode, and we see in the revelation at the end of Bad Wolf, we see that the big bad from the entire arc of this story has been the Daleks. So I have a question, and my question is, what do you think of the decision to bring back the Daleks for the finale? I mean, we saw the lone Daleks, but... The bringing back the Daleks, especially after establishing that they were destroyed in the Time War along with the Time Lords. Good, bad, okay decision? Well, what do you guys think? Mm, I, I love the story justification for it. Mm. I like the fact that they have been using human dead to um, cultivate these bastardized version of the Daleks. Can I say that word? I'm sorry. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> no, that's a clinical term. And yeah. Uh, and, and, um, I really like the story justification for bringing them back. And they kind of up the ante with this, um, emperor slash God of the Daleks, which I thought made the story really interesting. What do you think, Lee? Uh, I've got so many complicated feelings about the, the Daleks. I, I just never, you know, been impressed by them as a villain. You know, you, I, I, you take them in stride if you're a fan of classic who and you accept that they were, they were the silly uh, thing that, that caught on. And so they're going to be part of the legacy, whether they <laughs> make any sense or not. Yeah. But I, I and, and you remember on this, this podcast how impressed I was by their reemergence into new who that I thought Dalek was just a, a completely brilliant script. And, uh, and, and I thought, and I, I thought that that Dalek was, was truly scary. Um, and so there's aspects of them in this story where I feel the same way that when you see them by the millions and you, you understand that they're basically carpet bombing the earth and, um, uh, the, and the, and, and the genius part of the script, you know, hats off to Russell T. Davies, of course, is that they're not only the Daleks, but these Daleks are also crazy. Yeah. And, and I love that. I mean, they've always been nuts <laughs> because, <laughs> because the, all they know is hate and fear. But, um, but now they've got a religion. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's possible uh, for them to, um, accuse the doctor of blasphemy. You because will he not won't. blaspheme. Do not blaspheme. Do not blaspheme. Do not blaspheme. Yeah. Just, that's, that's <laughs> so, that's so brilliant. And, um, and so I love all of that, but they, but they also have the same problem that's always made the Daleks silly is that they talk too much. If they're supposed to be the, the ultimate yeah. killing machine, they need to just come around the corner and kill people and not announce <laughs> that they're killing people, you know, giving them time to run away. You know, it's just, you know, that's just always been daft, but anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll at least like how um, we can, I guess we could say that part of their psyche or or mental capacity has been tarnished by by what they've been experiencing on this satellite, you know, um, bringing these humans in. Maybe it could have um, influenced some of their thinking 
in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe even by, you know, giving the doctor a chance to push the, the button on, the, uh, on the, uh, the rays at the end, the Delta rays, I thought, um, you know, why would he give him a chance to do that? Um, <laughs> but right. I, I, certainly I think they were fun in this episode as well as the fact that, oh, we have computer graphics now. We can make millions of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I thought that was interesting. <laughs> and and not true, only yeah. do they fly, not only can they, they can hover and they can hover all around the emperor. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. His, his cohort. Um, th- this is slightly off topic, but I've shared with, with, uh, with you guys some my photographs from the, uh, the Doctor Who experience were one of the things that fascinated me the most was the miniature for that uh, that habitat for the the Dalek Emperor, which is about two feet tall, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. And then watching it in this episode, it looks Massive. absolutely colossal. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. so the the surface detail on it is just beautiful. But yeah, it's it's not. It's it was tiny. Anyway, I want to and Lee. This may be more of a question directed to you. When they're referring to the Daleks and they're saying how deadly they are and, you know, how the emotions have been stripped, do you think in going back that there was ever any time else that the Daleks were, for lack of a better word, inbred with – or not inbred, but crossbred with any other species? And for some reason, I'm thinking of the – it may have been – Maybe not the revelation, but it was the one where Davros was like a floating head. Um, yes. So, am I going on the right path there, or am I off base? But was there ever a time when they were like crossbred with another species, or is that is this the first time we've seen that? Do you do you recall? No, no, you're right. Yeah, that's revelation of the Daleks. Yeah, uh, and there are humans who are being converted into Daleks. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I got curious about that, too, and had to go back and look. But, yeah, that, that's in uh, Revelation of the Daleks. Um, and, and, you know, if you go back to Genesis of the Daleks, that's sort of where they came from in the first place. They were the, – their their progenitors were humanoids yeah. or the, the, the Khaleds. So right. um, we, we, know, we know that it's always been possible. Disgusting. <laughs> but possible, <laughs> but possible. None, but, nonetheless. Yeah, I, I just love that script line about them harvesting the human race, and then maybe one cell will be saved out of a million, you know, <laughs> as being viable. Like, you bastards! Oh my god! Oh. oh, it's just it's just the worst. So, and you know, and that's the kind of thing that we really want in our in our giant villains, right? We want to yeah. be repulsed. We want to feel like somebody needs to do something about this. And uh, uh, and, and when the Daleks become cute, then that. Um, that works against us, I think. True. And, you know, so. if they had have continued their harvesting, I have a feeling that one of the uh, humans that they would have harvested and would have been one in a million that would have been Dalek <laughs> worthy would have been the character of Roderick. You, you guys remember him? Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Uh, Roderick was the runner up or actually, no, I take that back. He was the winner of yeah. Oh, the oh, yes. Link. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, Rod- that Roderick. Yes. You're yes, right. That Roderick. See, yeah. you guys uh, blocked yeah, him from your mind. He was so horrible. <laughs> well, where's my money? I, I want my money. <laughs> as, as the crowd is all trying to get out. I, yeah. yeah. He's got a one track. Leave yeah. with your life, sir. 
You know, <laughs> speaking of like the contestants, I thought one of the tragedies of of this particular, you know, um, you know, Jack Hartnett's rallying the troops. But I thought one of the the tragedies was that these people thought they were going to die in the game. Mm-hmm. And by some stroke of luck, they are somehow um, with the doctor's help. They're, they are, are out of the game and yeah. they're able to live on without the uh, impending doom of death if they don't win. And then all of a sudden there's impending doom. <laughs> yep. They die anyway. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's good tragedy writing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and speaking and, of another <laughs> tragedy, yeah. Did before we get to a tragedy, and I'm not no, I'm not going, I'm not going uh, corny joke here. But speaking of a tragedy, did anyone else before this character met her untimely demise? Did either of you sense a bit of jealousy from Rose around oh, yeah. Linda? Oh, yeah, oh, Rose is looking daggers at her every time he, yes. he's there in the same shot. <laughs> it's, 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 and you are. Yeah, she stayed for the doctor. Who are you? Yeah, that's my doctor. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hands off. Yeah, Linda Little Why? Setting that up for setting up school reunion too. I may say. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's one of my favorite exchanges in the whole history of the show between Rose and Sarah Jane. Yeah, but the thing is, the, luckily the way they wrote it, they were smart enough for. Rose, not, and I, and I don't want to get yet to that episode, but I will say that they were smart enough to n- not have Rose look at Sarah the <laughs> same way that Rose True. looked at, because I think fans would have like been yeah. applauding Rose's eventual exit, not, uh, <laughs> not crying of her exit. That's true. We said, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, she's, they would be crossing a line. Yeah, don't mess with Sarah Jane. But this is why in, in school reunion, when uh, Sarah tries to impress her by the fact that she's met Daleks, Rose immediately says, met the emperor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got you. But yeah, what I was about to say was about, um, my, my two favorite, uh, other characters in this who I think are only called male programmer and female programmer. Um, but uh, I remember episodes ago saying that I love how Russell T. Davies writes minor characters, yeah. that he doesn't introduce somebody that he's just going to throw away later uh, without without making sure that we're emotionally attached to them. And that yeah. little moment between those two, where she, <laughs> Nisha Nayar is the actress, where she says, hey, you think after this is over, we're just going to go get a drink? You know? Yeah. Never yeah, so this- brief. Right. It's like, uh, don't hold your breath. And then she winks at him. So we know, okay, great. When this is over, they're going to, oh, yeah. I can't want to station because of you. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's so real. And it's so human. And it's so brief. It's just a couple of lines of dialogue. But it really, you know, a lot of other writers wouldn't have done that. They just wouldn't have thought to do that. And I, I admire that so much. Bingo. And, you know, before we move on, I want to kind of give a, um, you know, a little promo here for anyone that wants to go back and listen to episode number 73. This was our review of the brain of Morbius. And it's mm. actually one of my favorite things to go back and listen to, because while there was no awkward silence and there was no, um, you know, um, backlash in any shape, form or fashion, I can just remember 
the thoughts that was going through probably Lee's head. My uh, thoughts that I was having when when Clarence made a comment similar to, I I just don't get, you know, she was okay, but I just didn't really, you know, I, maybe she didn't have the right scenes or something like that. It was just something that you surgeon. said. <laughs> I just love going back and listening to because it was like, oh, my goodness, we're fixing to get him. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No. no, 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 you played it. You played it well. You, you, you redeemed yourself very, very quick. And that's one of the reasons that I like going back and listen to it because you, 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 you handled it very, very well, but it's well, just still fun to go listen to. And I haven't listened to it in a while, but the way I remember it is that, that you and I were both saying, no, he's got a point because really, what does she do in this episode? Exactly. That's really that interesting or. Yeah, Yeah, it it isn't a standout show for her. And I was trying to think, okay, wait a minute. Why do I love Sarah Jane so much? (laughs) And I really can't point to anything. And and you said it, Lee, a lot better than than I did, because it made us both, instead of going at the, we're going to get him, in turn, he turned the tables on us and made us validate why we like Sarah so much. Sure. So that she, was she's on that. Speaking of Kelly Yates, as you were earlier, she's on that great cover for uh, for Alan's yeah, book. Uh, ex- exactly. So yeah, with the, with the fourth Doctor's scarf on. <laughs> exactly, so, and Bill. And Bill is there, and uh, and who else? Um, uh, ja- Jamie McCrimmon. And Jamie's there, right, right in the center. Yeah, so, mm. terrific. But back to sorry, but I had getting to, back to Rose and yes. Linda with a Y. Yes. <laughs> so you know we do see Linda get her you know untimely demise, and um, she you know meets the, her Dalek makers or the Daleks <laughs> and so forth. Uh, but I want to kind of shift and talk about Rose, and in specifically, or in or specifically, I want to talk about the Doctor sending Rose home. This is emergency program one. Rose, now listen, this is important. If this message is activated, then it can only mean one thing. We must be in danger, and I mean fatal. I'm dead or about to die any second with no chance of escape. No. And that's okay. Hope it's a good death. But I promise to look after you, and that's what I'm doing. The TARDIS is taking you home. I won't let you. And I bet you're fussing and moaning now. Typical. But hold on and just listen a bit more. The TARDIS can never return for me. Emergency program one means I'm facing an enemy that should never get their hands on this machine. So this is what you should do. Let the TARDIS die. Just let this old box gather dust. No one can open it, no one will even notice it. Let it become a strange little thing standing on a street corner. And over the years, the world will move on and the box will be buried. And if you want to remember me, then you can do one thing. That's all. One thing. Have a good life. Do that for me, Rose. Have a fantastic life. You can't do this to me. You can't. Take me back. Take me back. You. No. Clarence, what did you think of that decision? Do you agree with it or not? Or what were your thoughts? Um, he is seeing, he sees himself as Rose's uh, protector. Um, 
not moments ago, he saw Rose get disintegrated or what he thought was disintegrated. So he's not taking any chances um, if he has a chance to save her. And obviously he's thought of this already since he has a program already ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just not taking any chances and I don't blame him. Uh, he, he he doesn't want Rose to die because of him. And man, wow, that moment. <laughs> just, it, it's, uh, it really, uh, again, me not remembering this. My jaw was just on the floor for a couple of seconds there. I was like, the right decision, but wow. Okay, so before I turn it back over to Lee, you made me notice something, Clarence, that uh, I did not notice before or or pay so much attention to before until we were reviewing uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before in uh, discussing Trek. Which is, uh, you know, that episode's out now. So go to discussingtrek.com. But anyway, um, there was a moment in that episode where the person that was being transformed looks into the camera, like turns his head and looks into the camera. And watching it again today, that reminded me of that scene when the doctor turns and looks at Rose. Yeah. Uh, how did he do that? <laughs> Yeah, that was interesting. So, so Lee, what, what, what do you think? Why do you think they had the holographic recording of the doctor turn? Oh, uh, I, I just love the idea that it's a pre-recorded image and he's a hologram. So you know that he can't, he can't see Rose. Right. So he's, so she, she goes off to one side and he's not looking at her. And then he turns and looks at her. <laughs> and I've always thought it was a great moment of cool. It's like, ha, huh, you think I can't see you? Um, yeah. Ah, oh, oh, I just got what you, so he anticipated, ah, he anticipated what she would do. Yeah. Interesting. He's that smart. And while you're talking about where no man has gone before, I'll mention that uh, the doctor and Rose both end up with the glowy eye thing in uh, this story too. Yes. Just Ah. just, just like Mitchell. Yes. Interesting. Cool. You you know, I stopped listening to Discussing Trek because I, I had the feeling they were kind of being bashy about my beloved original Star Trek. <laughs> so now I know that you've done The Cage and Where No Man Has Gone Before. So I'll have to come back, won't I? Yeah, you, you will need to <laughs> yeah. listen to last episode because um, I think I said a takeaway and I won't repeat it here. But I think you will s- enjoy the takeaway I say at the end. So I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Well, I wish I'd been around to talk about the cage because I love it like like I love ice cream. So, but that's what I get for for not uh, keeping up with the show, isn't See, it? There you go. There you go. Yeah, we will get you on, sir. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did sort of write for Next Generation too. I, did, I keep mentioning and I sort of I say, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, no, I just want to say that uh, this little yeah, thing, did that thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but but parting of the ways. We're talking about here. Oh, can, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. I was going to take us back up top. Did anybody notice the mention of the uh, extrapolator, uh, which was used to form the shield around the TARDIS? Was the same device that uh, that Margaret Blaine uh, from Boomtown mm-hmm. uh, yep. tried to use? They've still got it. Yeah, and we we yeah. saw it a couple of times. Actually, we saw a Jack kind of hot wiring it, which I, I thought was completely brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's allowing the TARDIS to do things that it hasn't done in the past. No defenses? How can the TARDIS have no defenses? They, they exist in a state of grace. Temporal yeah, grace. I was, I was, I was going to say, I, I think that was a weird 
Yeah, that struck me as odd too, because we we have seen the TARDIS being represented as invulnerable before. Mm. So I don't know. A, a Dalek missile is not going to blow up the TARDIS. <laughs> no. So I I don't. I anyway I don't know. All right, so I want to focus. We we mentioned Jackie and we uh, mentioned Mickey at the beginning, and I'm really curious for uh, your opinions on this next question. So tell me how you think Jackie and Ricky, their characters <laughs> change. That's Mickey, sir. Who's Ricky? <laughs> it's oh, it's Ricky, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, tell me how you think Jackie and Mickey how their characters have changed over the course of this series. And Clarence, won't you take that one first? Hmm. Well, I'll take Mickey and I'll let, um, okay, Mr. Cool. Foot and I take Jackie, yeah. uh, but we can talk about both. But I mean, of course, uh, Mickey is, is largely considered the idiot, but even throughout this first season, we see him getting a little more competent, but yet and still, I don't feel like he's changed all that much, quite frankly. But uh, I will say his saving grace in this episode is when, you know, he gets that heartbreaking moment from Rose when she just says, there's nothing left for me here. And he just kind of says nothing in that moment. I'm like, wow. But yet to Mickey's credit, he sticks beside her. And that just goes to tell you, uh, no matter what, he's for Rose. And I just really, um, a really great moment. And, and, and not only that, he, he's going to bat for her, man. He is tearing up his car trying <laughs> to, uh, stare into the heart of the TARDIS. He is doing everything he can. And man, uh, man, what a wonderful person she has there that maybe she doesn't realize what he's really worth. All right. Mr. Shackelford, what say ye? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And um, that's love, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, what is he going to get out of this if he sends her back with the doctor, mm-hmm. you know? And he does it anyway. He does it because that's what she wants. That that just, you know, you, you said man tears before. That's what always brings a tear to my eyes is Mickey being willing to, to, to do what she wants uh, and that he knows she needs. I mean, he, he can't disagree. <laughs> and... We know that he's got reasons why he's going to do that, but there's no way Jackie is going to get behind that. Oh. And then, and then it's like Han Solo at the Battle of the Death Star. Then Jackie yeah. turns around and she's going to support her too. Yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't ask why I've got this truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. We don't want to know, but, uh, hey. but yeah, she's actually the one who yeah. sends, who sends uh, Rose on her way. And, and you know, and- uh, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to add, like, the, 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 when Rose breaks down and tells the story of how she was there in Father's Day with, with her dad, um, man. <laughs> that's something? Yeah. Man. I saw, you remember, that was me, that blonde girl, that was me. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yes, they, they did that scene. I mean, that was the first point. Even watching it the first time, but e- and even watching it last night, that because I, I that's not a scene I watch over and over. That kind of got the like Clarence said, the man tears starting to like kind of well up because the two of them played that to the perfect of the you know of perfection. You know they yeah. they they did a great emotional scene because it was. You know, somber. It wasn't overacted. It was just, you know, 
that was me. And you see, you know, Jackie. And I think that was where I said a couple of episodes ago, you had that moment where Mickey has that turning point. I think that was the turning point moment for Jackie as yeah. a character. Yeah. And if and if you're somebody's parent you, you and your child is old enough, then you know this. You've been here. There's a moment where you have to say, I am completely against this, but this is – she's a grown-up. I'm going to have to help her do, you know, what yeah. she wants to do. And, um, yeah. And if you've been through – some kind of a, a, a trauma or a giant life-changing event. I'm, I'm thinking of time that I've spent for a variety of reasons in hospitals, you know, either because somebody died or, you know, something's happened that's going to change, you know, the future forever, you know, and then people are, they just want to talk and they'll talk about trivial things that would or ordinarily be important. But the sound of what they're talking about just sounds so absurd on the scale of what else is going on. And I think RTD script captures that. So, it, it, so I always think back to this moment where Mickey and, uh, and Jackie are talking about the pizza restaurant that's going to open around, you know, really, what do they serve there? Pizza. Yeah. And <laughs> Rose they, is do they like, deliver? Are you right? Yeah. And, and you can see it on Rose's face. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe we're talking about this. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> no? and, and a lot of us, we've known that feeling. It's like, do you have any sense of what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do, but we're going to, but life goes on. And, and the crushing thing is she says, I can't live my life like that. And Mickey says, oh, I do. Yes. Yeah. Everybody else does. Well, why? Because you're better than us. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. What a scene. What Are a our scene? lives not important. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> But well, I mean, but, but, but it, it, it makes sense because uh, as much as we don't want to belittle anybody else's existence or their daily lives, it's sort of like when you're in a small town sheltered and you mm -hmm. go to the big city, start seeing the world. Yeah. You know, once you bring that back, that's going to change you and hopefully for the better. But you're not going to be the same. You're going to want more to see more, to do more. Mm -hmm. and, and it's certainly the same situation here, except Rose, Rose's travels are, you know, immaculate. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it's the big gift that the, the new who gives us gives to the fandom really is to take this phenomenon seriously for the first time. What happens to you after you travel with the doctor? Exactly. Exactly. Because that was what I was about to say a moment ago was you, you've never before in classic who seen the ramifications of what traveling with the doctor of how that changes a person until Rose. Rose was the first where you really saw how it affected the family, how it affected relationships, how it affected mm -hmm. the person. And, you know, whereas Mickey is sitting there going, you know, hey, I do that. I never saw Rose as looking down at them. I and I think it's a testament of the character of Rose, of, um, you know, Billy Piper's portrayal in the sense of she had the understanding that when her mother said, but that's millions of years in the future or however many years in the future mm -hmm. it was. And, you know, Rose responds, no, it's happening right now. Right. Yeah, that, that to me was like yeah. to be able to comprehend that mm -hmm. it's not a linear timeline, that it's a, 
a ball of wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and um you just mentioned that we have this notion of the companion just being heartbroken, not being able to travel with the doctor. And I will admit, like, once we get to Martha Jones and when Martha leaves the TARDIS, she's like, OK, whatever. <laughs> yeah. it, it just feels so different. And I was shocked by Martha leaving and not really not to give away the future of the episodes, but but her not yeah, having. Who's Martha? The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, who's Martha? <laughs> but she had her her response to leaving was nowhere near the same as Rose's. And, and, you know, watching Dr. Hugh for the first time, I kind of thought that's just how it was when they left. But oh no, uh, Rose is, is a little different. Yeah. So Rose's quote is one of the first things that, or Rose's speech is one of the first quotes that just kind of really latched on to me from new who, when when she says you don't give up, you don't let things happen, you make a stand, you say no, you have the guts to do what's right when everyone else just runs away. And then, you know, she literally runs away. And at that moment, after Mickey comes after her, they have the revelation of what bad wolf mean. Yeah. So what did you guys think of this revelation? Lee, I'll let you take that that one first if you want to. I, yeah, I'm reaching back in my mind uh, 12 years ago to uh, to to that that moment. Um, I was so thrilled and frightened by what was happening to Rose because she looked into the heart of the TARDIS. Um, the, by the time we got to the explanation of what Bad Wolf was, I, I think I was <laughs> still just sort of in a state of shock. I was like, huh? Okay, yeah, no, that that explains everything. She's going to be okay, isn't she? Yeah, oh, yeah that's that's. It was really all I could think about, but I do love it. It it does in a time travel story. Once you've got a character who has suddenly become omnipotent. Yeah. uh, um, Yeah. It makes sense. Good point. Do do, do you buy it? Does that all make sense to you? I love that the doctor thought that the emperor of the Daleks had done it. Yeah. Yeah. um, Clarence, I'll let you go first. Then I'll give my um, thought. Yeah. I mean, I think the most telling, um, result of of the whole bad wolf thing uh as far as the writing and the um the hints of it is when mickey says it's been there for years that what that's what mm-hmm. really made me like raise like oh gosh yeah this is the long game mm-hmm. <laughs> yep literally and, yeah. yeah and uh I, I think rose makes a comment bad wolf here bad wolf there she makes the connection but um yes i just i just love I guess it's the ticket before the egg thing a little bit as well. Um, you know, if she's sending this message to herself to become the bad wolf, where did that originate? Because she is the bad wolf. Um, I think I'm just breaking my brain here. <laughs> <laughs> it is a paradox. There's, there's no getting around it. It is definitely a paradox. But in her own words or in the words of the bad wolf, I am the bad wolf. I create myself. I create myself. I yeah. take the words and I scatter them in time and space to lead myself here. Mm. It does make sense <laughs> to the extent that it's going to make sense. Right. Because again, where's the cap? Go, no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was going to say in the words of Captain Janeway, just don't think about it. You hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, if you, if, if you go from the, you know, we were just talking about how Rose could, could understand that time was all happening at once. So if you look at it from the bad wolf in the future, 
sends all of these words back and scatters throughout time and space. The bad wolf version of Rose has Rose memories. She knows where the she has been. So therefore yeah. she knows where to send those words. And so like for Mickey, those words had always been there, but they didn't yeah. mean anything. There was no context. Think about the two of the three of us. We walk by things or drive by things every single day that we don't even pay attention to what, the, and I'm not even going to try to say, oh, well, this or no, well, that, because we don't pay attention to what those things are, but yeah. we do pay attention to them when they mean something to us. Right. Yeah. That's why you can put a funny blue box on the side of the road. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, what did you guys think of the scene where the doctor tells Rose, you need a doctor? And he takes the uh, from, you know, looking into the time vortex and he takes back into himself uh, what she has absorbed. What did you guys think of that scene? I was I remember uh, as a fan of the classic series uh, that I was still kind of stinging from the uh, the kiss in uh, the the TV movie, which to me broke all the rules of Doctor Who. The doctor doesn't <laughs> kiss his companions. He just doesn't, you know. And uh, the second wouldn't so, mind you. Right. So then, <laughs> so then, yeah. So, the, so then here it is again. <laughs> and I, but I thought, well, okay, this is how he's going to reabsorb the, uh, he's going to absorb the time vortex energy from her. That's okay. Don't know why it had to be a kiss. I hope this is the last time we're going to see the doctor kiss one of his companions. That's all I, so. Spoilers. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Spoilers. Yeah. And I, I guess my biggest question about that sequence is if if the energy is going to kill him, which we obviously see it makes him regenerate, why doesn't it kill Rose? Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't think about it too much. You'll only hurt yourself because I, I, <laughs> I, I think we have to believe that because he's the doctor that he has saved her at the cost of his own life, and and the mechanism isn't clear, and that's because. We're human and we wouldn't understand. That's, that's, <laughs> I, mm. I, I'm willing to buy that, you know. And we also have to factor in, we had a lead actor who was not coming back and we only had <laughs> 13 commissioned episodes. And obviously 13 episode of the 13th episode of 13 means time to go. he's, it's time to part ways. Yeah. yeah um, and in that moment, uh, I guess prior to that, when when she actually turns the Daleks to dust, I think she made a an awesome statement that I guess is just the opposite of what the doctor said a few episodes back when he says everyone lives just as once everyone lives. Mm, yeah. She said she says everyone dies. Right. Which I was like, <laughs> oh man, what a yeah. difference. <laughs> That's and, right. You know, I never paired those two together ever. That's cool. Never yeah. noticed that. So yeah. if if she made the statement that she was destroying the Daleks through time, and, and maybe I'm mi mi mixing words here, um, but it seemed like from that point we should never have Daleks again because she does say, I'm erasing them from time or something to that effect. I, I, scatter, I, I, Did she? I scatter you throughout all your atoms throughout time and space. Oh, just scatter. Okay. Maybe not. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, maybe me just looking into it a little bit too much there. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I, I was trying to find the, um, 
the quote again here because um, several people have painstakingly uh, written all these uh, these lines down. Um, yeah, she she does. She says that she's scat- she's just scattering their atoms through space. Um, yeah, so <laughs> she had the opportunity. We could have been been through the Daleks forever there. <laughs> That's too bad. True. True, true, true. (laughs) So she has destroyed the Daleks and the doctor, um, you know, takes the way this, you know, the time vortex, she's given life and we see Jack, you know, wake back up. So did you think, did you guys think that he would immediately rejoin them or were you shocked to see that, that that he was left behind or what did you guys think? There's so much happening all at once, you know, that you, 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 I think the average reviewer is kind of struggling to keep up. Um, we're, we're, we're still astonished that he's alive again. And immediately we hear the sound of the TARDIS engine. So, um, the, the RTD and the, and the editing really take care of that for us. It's, it's very nice. Yeah. We know that he's, he's being left behind. And because we know he's somebody who's traveled through time before being a time agent, um, we're not worried, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. he's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I would love to know, and I never have gotten an understanding and even seeing John Berryman, I still didn't have this understanding. I would love to know at what point it was decided that Captain Jack would live on literally, it, but but in another series. I wonder if it was after this has been recorded, if it was you know at the same time. I'm assuming that it was after, but I would love to know where it was in the timeline of real events of mm-hmm. when you know Captain Jack as Torchwood the series became a reality for production. I've wondered that too. Yeah. I, I've, I've wondered that too, because I can imagine, um, RTD having this, this ending of the story in mind. And then once it was clear that the show was going to be picked up for another season, then his realization that, uh, you know, if, as long as I'm going to have a character here who is briefly omnipotent, <laughs> can't, can't we kill Jack and then bring, bring him right him back. back again? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of permanently. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> and in and, a and way, to, sort, to sort of have that that idea in his pocket, you know, so that he could bring it out if he if he needed to. And in a way, he has his own regeneration. He just doesn't regenerate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does right. regenerate, but not in, in in that sense. So, um, so before we get into the regeneration itself, um, did, is there anything before the regeneration that we? have not talked about that you two wanted to cover before the ending of this story. Um, yeah, I have to say, I liked, uh, Jack and his ragtag team of station defenders, mm. though very cliche. I thought it was funny at points and just kind of interesting how he was trying to round up, round up the volunteers. Yeah. And, you know, one part that really threw me off as well is how Jack was so dire or dire when we find out that that the Daleks are on their way to the station. Um, I don't know if he was just attempting to be a hopeless romantic or uh, was he really afraid of the impending doom? <laughs> um, that that kind of threw me out. And, and, and I guess I sp- specifically, well, I can you talk? I want to talk about the the kiss of of um the doctor and, and Jack is that a first in who 
Good it question. Is. Yeah, it I is. Thought, it yeah. is the first uh, same-sex kiss. Yeah, and uh, we really won't see it again until um, Madame Vaster and Jenny. Um, but but hadn't the doctor? I mean, hasn't he kissed the doctor in another episode too? Jack has. He, he made jokes about it. Ah, okay. I was thinking that he that he had, but maybe that was the tenth doctor. Well, yeah, this is the problem of watching these out of order, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't. Uh. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm 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 kind of, but 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 I, I I'm kind of thinking that was a first. Now that I'm thinking yeah. about it, I love I love uh, I, 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 Rose slash Billy Piper. I love her reaction to Jack kissing her like that. That she <laughs> she makes the funniest face, and I just I just I, I watch that over and over again. She just. Yeah, I can't tell if she likes it or not. <laughs> yeah. But it's just very odd. Anyway, that is the kind of thing that you wonder if that wasn't the actor and you yeah. just let the you just let the take roll and go, you know what, I like it, let's keep it, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was Billy Piper responding to something funny. But, well, we definitely um, know that John Berriman loves being in a scene that has a kiss in it. So <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So th- that's what I'm thinking is that he may have done something that she wasn't expecting. Uh, in that case, I mean, when you kiss somebody on stage or on screen, it's it's not supposed to get too involved. Uh, you know, <laughs> nobody can see your tongue in the audience. That's oh, what I'm man. saying. So, you know, it's just it's a it's something that is understood between actors, you know, and he may have gone a little further with that than uh, she was expecting that that's my theory yeah <laughs> that she just sort of looks like wow okay oh didn't like, see that like, what? exactly <laughs> that would be a character for him but speaking of little things like that uh, the only other thing uh, from the episode that i wanted to mention was that i had forgotten until seeing it again that uh, when the doctor shouts at the daleks when they've got him surrounded that they, they actually back up a little bit it's a little thing but <laughs> The little thing that the operators of the Daleks do, they just, <laughs> if anybody's going to shut up, it's you. And they back up. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, you know boy. what, guys? That goes back into putting it into context of where uh, knowing what we know now and knowing that the Daleks should have memory of what has happened in the Time War, mm-hmm. they should be scared of the Doctor. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I, you know, it, the oncoming storm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, he, he's just made that speech at that point. Yeah. And yeah. I know. I was just saying that I don't like it when the Daleks are cute, and I'm laughing at this. The Daleks doing a cute thing there, but, but, <laughs> but it does. It actually does make story sense there that they they are scared of him. Yeah, and, and I guess we have to talk about the Doctor being put in this impossible position once again um, to to destroy his moral enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. as with the, the time Lords and the time war and the Daleks, he, you know, supposedly killed them all. And he's once again faced with this impossible decision and he just can't do it. He just can't do it. Yeah. And in, uh, Genesis of the Daleks, he had the same, same problem. And we'll see him face it again with the young Davros. So, and you know what? Does that not say a testament to the character of the doctor? Because I'm thinking for my own self, I can only speak for me here, but if I know that I had already destroyed my own race and I have also, you know, my people, I have destroyed you and I have destroyed in turn these Dalek creatures that were at war with 
my people that I have now killed, and now they are back again. I'm sorry. I would not have any quarrels or qualms or moral dilemma for killing, destroying the Daleks again. Maybe that's a bad thing for me, mm. but well, I, I just can't. But, but normal, I think, very understandable. I, 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 I am. I'm wondering. I'm kind of testing my own memory now, but I, I'm. I, I remember several moments when I saw this episode the first time uh, of of tearing up, and my recollection is that one of them was that sort of moral victory moment when when the doctor is about to do it, and the the yeah. emperor says, "So are you a, a coward or a killer? Coward or killer? Yeah, always a coward." And the doctor says, "Coward" every time, and that really got me. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take a meaning of the word coward here as being the one who doesn't kill. Okay, yeah. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. I said, oh, I love this character. Yeah, and it's, it's also, I think you can look at these things in terms of, you know, maybe once you can justify, oh, I had no other way to resolve the situation. It's still a horrible act, but it just had to be done. But it doesn't take long to slip from that. I had to do it into this repetitive thing of, man, you really are a monster now. And and how many times can you get away with doing something of that magnitude before you considered an animal a monster? Right. Yeah. You know, what, where's where's the line? Yeah. Yeah. And Bill will ask him that later on too. Yeah. Yeah. Good. 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 Good point. So yeah. let's kind of transition now back. We've we've heard and we've referenced the TARDIS dematerializing off uh, camera. So let's actually get back inside the TARDIS and we see Rose waking up and, you know, we hear the doctor say one of my favorite lines, which is the, (laughs) you know, I was going to take you to so many places, Barcelona and, you know, and henceforth and so on. So what did you guys think of the conversation? Not and, and, and let's stop at the regeneration at the point that he regenerates, but that back and forth that he and Rose had that conversation. Let's talk about it for a quick moment. What did you guys think of that exchange between these two? Clarence, why don't you go first? Um, he, he was certainly prepping her for what's to come. I don't know how much of that he had explained to her before. Um, not much if I'm remembering correctly, but yeah, he was just getting her ready for, for what was to come. And, um, you know, I think it was needed. I, I enjoyed the exchange. All right. What about you, Lee? He really hasn't. I, I've been paying attention to this as we've been going through the series. He never talks about regeneration at all. And for fans who are coming to the series, starting with Rose, if you're not familiar with classic who, if you don't really know this thing about the character, yeah. um, this is going to take some explanation. And I, 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 I love the way it acknowledges what, we, as fans of the original series, what, what we already know is about to happen and also takes the, the new audience by the hand as well. Yeah. And, and it's so, it's so gentle for, for Rose. I mean, he, he's, he's basically apologizing to her for it. Um, even though he's just saved her life and, um, uh, and, and facing the fact that he's, that he's about to die as well. It's, it's so, it's so complex and it works on so many levels. Um, he even says, you never know what you're going to end up with, which is uh, a <laughs> paraphrase of what the, the fifth doctor said when he, after his, uh, uh, regeneration. So, uh, yeah, 
that I know that's a deliberate shout out. <laughs> yeah. So, so for me, you know, we were talking about the, the man tears and whatever. I've watched this so many times that, that, that it does not carry the emotional impact that it w- once did. But that first time watching it, I remember sitting at my computer similar to how I'm sitting now. And I remember like just <laughs> losing it. And that this scene, this, this exchange that we're talking about, this, you know, um, Rose not understanding and, you know, and I'm knowing that the regeneration is coming and I know what regeneration is, but, you know, watching it and seeing, you know, him talk about, um, you know, she's asking, you know, what, you know, if there's something that she can do. And then he explains what regeneration is. And he says, yes, I'm doing it now. See, time lords have this little trick. It's just a way of cheating death, except it means that I'm going to change and you're not going to see me again. Not like this, not with this staffed old face. And before I go, and then she's like, don't say that, you know, that, that whole exchange right there, it was like, I don't know. It just got to me. And oh, yeah. It took me a while to figure out why it did. And as much as I liked Doctor Who before, obviously still like classic Who, there was a realization that I had as a kid watching it, knowing I'm watching stuff six months, years, you know, 10 years or however many years behind when other people have seen it. I was seeing this fresh in 2005 along mm-hmm. with other people who were seeing it in 2005. <laughs> so this was Doctor Who new for me and experiencing it in the moment. And and while Tom Baker will always be my first Doctor, this was the Doctor to whom I experienced Doctor Who with live first. And I think that was where that emotional attachment and the detachment of having that Doctor go away. So that was my take. Yeah. What about those words? Aren't those great last words? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Can I do it? Can I please do it? I just <laughs> want to do it so bad. Was that my? Was that my, was that my? Was that my? Was that your like hint? There was a cue. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So Rose, before I go, I want you to know you were fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And you want to know what? So was I. Don't stay away. Tell me what's going on. I absorbed all the energy, the time vortex, and no one's meant to do that. <clears throat> Every cell in my body's dying. Can't you do something? Yeah, I'm doing it now. Time Lords have this little trick. It's, it's all the way of cheating death. Except, it means I'm going to change. to see you again not like this not with this daft old face and before I go don't say that Rose before I go I just want to tell you you were fantastic absolutely fantastic and you know what so was I So, 
we see the you know, we see the change and we see the so so I have a quick question and I have I'm going to ask this question two different ways and Clarence I'm going to ask it to you first. So when you watch this, you may have seen and I think you've referenced before that you have seen you know other older episodes of Doctor Who, but this was your first seeing of a regeneration, correct? Yes, that's correct. So do you recall or do you, and if not, you know, when you're watching it again uh, last night, if you can't remember the exact from when you watched it years ago, was what was your feeling of watching that regeneration? No matter how much I said, okay, well, he's going to change. What was your thoughts of watching that regeneration? Hmm. I think mostly, I mean, of course, I was sad to see him go. Um, but I don't know. It seems like when I, that the fact that I wasn't reviewing the episodes, they went by a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And and I was watching them again after the fact, and I was able to just kind of Netflix through them, if that's a term to say, <laughs> real mm-hmm. quickly. And to me, I feel like I didn't, as much as I love them and love this this doctor, to me, I didn't take my time with it. And to, having us review it and in having a week to to ingest the episode and go to the next one, it really drew me closer to uh, Eccleston as the Doctor. And yeah, I, I, man, I was I was sad to see him go. Now I will say this regeneration, um, just the act, it seemed tamed compared to ones we're going to get after it. Um, in hindsight, seeing this was oh, that was really quick. I expected explosions and stuff and. Yeah. It was it was fairly tamed. So <laughs> it's funny that you said that the way you did because I want to regenerate my question, no pun intended, for Lee just a little bit. So when you, my friend, are seeing this regeneration, knowing what you have seen before, what were your thoughts of seeing this new who regeneration effect as opposed to what we've seen in classic? Yeah, we never had the, the the fire burst kind of effect, which I think now has gotten completely out of control. Because um, I, I I did like, I mean, I, I understand why it was just a simple, you know, dissolve in the past. We just literally, yeah. you know, uh, faded from one actor to the to the to the next. Um, which you know, in retrospect, uh, now now looks um, uh, primitive. Um, but um, yeah, I, I so I like I like the the the, the fireworks um, done this way. But as they have gone on, yeah, it's gotten more and more outlandish every time, and then we have to burn the TARDIS down too. And it's like you got to fall out of the TARDIS. And oh, now, awesome. now the TARDIS will pitch you out into space. It's, uh, space. it's uh, I don't. So I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. Where will it all end? I guess is what I'm, I'm wondering. But you know, I, I got to be honest too. Is that one of the things I loved about Christopher Eccleston's Doctor is that he's kind of weird looking, and the Doctor has always been cast as somebody who looks a little different from the norm. And I've always thought that was something that made Dr. Who what it was. Um, it's something about, um, um, about, about the character that we, we knew we could count on that. Uh, he's just, he just has a slightly eccentric look about him. And so I liked, uh, the, the Eccleston's uh, ears and his nose and everything. And his, his, uh, his funny smile, and yeah. so then when we finally saw the 10th doctor's face emerge in this regeneration, my first thought, honest to God, was, oh, he's so pretty. 
Um, <laughs> I was I was disappointed because he's he's really cute. You, you know. get a heartthrob. Yeah, I said, yeah, that's the way I was afraid the show was going to go. Nah. So yeah, so so now the show had a job to win me over, and we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> so let me ask you guys, if you don't mind, um, did you know that there was, or did either of you know that there was allegedly two versions of that um, scene shot uh, originally? I, I did I, not. I just, I've just read this recently. Yeah, I I will believe it when I see it. So allegedly, um, and and they've never shown it, uh, and I don't even think it's you know appeared on DVD. So is this one of those urban legends, or did it really happen? But the original intent was to shoot two versions of the ending: one to release, you know, to like news media or you know, or pre-release as they let do for reviews that would have Rose dying to mm-hmm. to mask the fact that Christopher Eccleston was leaving, but then it was leaked prior, you know, back in March of that year when this was airing in June. So at that point, everyone already knew. So it was a moot point. Mm. And if that really was the plan, then I, I remember well that what they did was sort of the a light version of that, because I still remember that it was being made clear in the media that one of them was leaving the show, but they Correct. didn't say which one. Correct. And and it was it was pretty clear by the end of uh, um, Bad Wolf that it was going to be Rose <laughs> and that she's going to be replaced by Linda with a Y. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and uh, um and I was buying into it when Rose was disintegrated. I thought, well, that's wow. That's an exit that we've never seen for a companion yeah. before. Um, okay. Wow. Um, and, fake psych. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I wonder, you know, for some reason, I'm wondering if one of the reasons that I got so emotionally upset and remember 2005, the internet, while it was, you know, still the internet, but it was we didn't have the as many news outlets and you know my goodness uh podshock hadn't even started yet at this point so only barely yeah, yeah. well no no at this point it didn't start until august so we're oh, okay. in june so say, it literally the same year, but- yeah it literally hadn't started yet so i'm wondering if i knew it when when i watched it and in that year, if I had, you know, news, if I knew that Eccleson was leaving or if I was completely shocked, I may have been completely shocked. And if so, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's hard to remember now, isn't it? So are there any other things about this episode that you guys want to mention before we give our final reviews? Seems like seems like we've covered it. Yeah. All right. What Love do you think? It. All right. So um, would I be safe? To assume <laughs> that we are going to say without a doubt five out of five. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I prophesied that it's going to be three fives again. Uh, <laughs> well, five, I say five, it again. Five, five, yeah, five, five, five. Right. I've looked said, into I, the time vortex and, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say right. something nice and give it a five. Yeah. What, what's, what's not to love about this episode? I mean, even if you hate Daleks. You know, yeah. you, you get mad Daleks on the Emperor. I mean, that's cool. So, you know, yeah. Well, it, what's not to love? Because in, at the very end, we get something that I will look forward <laughs> to seeing for the next 
four and a whole bunch of special series, which is the tenth Doctor. Barcelona. Mm. Barcelona. <laughs> mm, that's weird. Mm. New teeth, that's weird. Mm. Well, now, where was I? Oh, I know. Um, so is there anywhere that if Lee, someone wanted to get in touch with you and find out more about you, where might they be able to go? I always like to point people these days to relativitypodcast.com, uh, where we're uh, busily cooking up the next season of Relativity. So go to that website if you were looking for me and, um, yeah, check it out. Relativitypodcast.com. .com. All right, Mr. Brown, where might people find you? Uh, check me out at Discussing Trek, which can be found at DiscussingTrek.com. We talk about all things Star Trek. There you go. All right. Good deal. Go. And if anyone wants to find what other things that we do, and if you're a YouTube, uh, you know, if you're a fan of YouTube, check us out at youtube.discussingwho.com and make sure you hit that red subscribe button and we would definitely appreciate it. So for anyone listening, thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for letting us into your podcast uh, playlist. And we are glad and hope that you have subscribed. And if you hadn't, please subscribe because we would appreciate that as well. Oh, and uh, one more thing, guys, before we go, I just want to let you know that you were fantastic. Absolutely you know what? fantastic. <laughs> and you know what? You know what? What? Yeah. what? So, so are you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and we will be back, everyone, next time. My arm, we conceded. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> well, no. Uh, no, that, it is. That was fun. You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book.
What could be better than that?